Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Brandon from A Way of Life Fitness. What's going on, man? How are we doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for asking. So before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run A Way of Life Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start this gym in the first place. Um, I describe A Way of Life Fitness as being a, a gym organization that aims to bring the personal into personal training, um, not just in the sense of one-on-one, but in a sense of learning a person inside and out where we're, where we're marrying up, where we're marrying up the mind and the body together from a philosophical standpoint and a fitness and physical standpoint out here, mm-hmm. um, in, in the gym itself. And that's, that's what I normally describe people. And I, and I want serious people, you know, I do, I have a vetting system that I go through when I get clients. So I guess maybe we'll talk about that when we get to the recruiting section. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I tell everybody, if you, if you come here, look for a mind and body experience, not just the, 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 the weight loss or body shaping side of it all. Yeah. So how, what made you want to start the gym in the first place? Well, I started my fitness journey, I would say for myself back in 2008, when I finally started taking my own fitness serious. And um, I got a personal trainer who became my mentor for a short period of time, taught me a lot about the fitness game and um, things like that, then it inspired me to get certified. So I ended up getting certified um, under his tutelage. And then one thing leads to the next, I was, you know, training people out of the trunk of my car, going to parks and, you know, buying equipment and just out the trunk, literally meeting people at parks and things like that. Um, And then I so happened to end up at a, um, I was training at, at LA Fitness and one of my clients at the time who I worked with her, she was also in the LA fitness. She was just in there working out. I didn't even know that she went there. So she seen me in the gym. She's like, hey, what's up? We're talking, we're talking. I'm like, you come to train? You know, whenever the next time she was supposed to train, she said, yeah, yeah. And I go off and finish doing my workout. I get home, not even get home. I left the gym. I'm in the car driving. And as I'm driving, I get a phone call from LA fitness. I answer the phone, hello. Um, this, are you Brandon Parker? Yeah. Um, you were in the are you a personal trainer? Yeah, I'm thinking as a client or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, your membership at the gym has been revoked. I said, why? You're, 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 you're training client. You're training people from our gym. I said, no, I don't. I train gym in my martial arts school. I don't train people at the gym. I work out at the gym. I'm like, are you speaking of my client who I just saw in the gym and just spoke with her? Um, yeah, she told me you was her trainer. I said, I am. Right. You can't work out here because you can't train people here. I don't train people there. So literally I woke up the next morning and didn't have a place to train and I was pissed. So I woke up and I'm just like, I can't believe this. You know, I, I can't believe it. So I ended up going to um, a gym that was more near my house anyway. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, going there for a daily, a daily pass for a workout. And I'm looking around. I don't see a personal training um, presence there. And so I went home and I started writing up a business plan, literally. Um, I wrote up a business plan. Um, I am a business major in school. I have an MBA in business, and I've always been dealing with business in some capacity in my own, my own personal career before I left the 
the working force and just do this solely 100%. And um, <clears throat> wrote up the business plan, went in the, in the gym, asked for the manager, who was a guy who gave me all kind of flack. Like, he didn't want to hear nothing I had to say. And I'm like, wow. But he passed the, the business plan on to the actual owner of the, play, okay. of the gym. Come to find out, the guy who he passed it to, he was the overseer. He wasn't the owner, but his family owned it. But he was the person who ran all the locations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out he ran three powerhouse locations around in the, in the, in the area. So after talking with him, we, we had a very good connection. And I ended up inking out a contract or a deal with him to become the sole personal trainer for all three powerhouse locations. And I kept that um, in place for about five years. And under that system, I was able to bring my own trainers in, my own clients. I, my clients didn't have to buy memberships for the gym. They can come in and just for personal training. And it was a, it was a good it was a good marriage for a long time, for about five years before the gym yeah. closed unexpectedly all of a sudden. Yeah. So one year, one in May 2017, you have me like, man, they, they sold the building. They sold all three of the gyms. I'm like, what? It's like they sold them for shutting down at the end of the month, May 1st. I'm like, get out of here. This is April 1st. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm telling all my clients. And then I was, my my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, um, we had already been, we had already had a, she's a photographer as well. So we have a photography studio as well. So we already had a photography space that we were leasing. And we had already been talking about incorporating, finding a space to incorporate the gym and a photography studio. Mm-hmm. So um, this was kind of like a catalyst to make that happen because I didn't have a choice. So literally we opened our, we started hunting for a building and tried putting our finances together, figuring out where we want to pull this money from to buy equipment and all this stuff. Right. And May 1st, the powerhouse shut down. June 1st, we had a grand opening. So literally in 30 days, we managed to fully um, equip the gym, mm-hmm. um, find the space first off, find the space that was adequate for what we needed. And we, we, we actually was blessed with a, a location that provided us with more than we could have dreamed of in terms of our own individual personal growth because it grew into other things. Right. Um, and so here we are now, you know, one month later, we had the grand opening. All my clients migrated right over because the location is maybe less than five miles from the other gyms where, where I was already training. So it wasn't a big, um, um, wasn't a big, um, what you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Wasn't a big traveling t- difference, you know, right. from where they're already coming. So it kind of, everything fell in place and, and we picked up, I picked that right where I left off at, except now it was really a situation where I could put my own flavor on it and, and, and run it how I wanted to. And here we are, what, that was 2017. This is 2022. We're still here. All right. That's a really, really cool, cool story. So with that being said, now you have it. Now that you have your own space, you have your own clients, and you're able to put your own, you know, flavor on it. Like you said earlier, how do you guys going about? How did you go about finding your clients? Because I know that you said that a lot of your clients migrated from the old gym mm-hmm. to the new gym. Like, did you just start off with all of the clients that you needed off rip, or did you have to go to a phase when you were building? Well, when I first started the powerhouse, I had zero client. Wax well, correction. I had my wife girlfriend at the time. She was a client and that was more of just a front to just have somebody there that I was actually working with in the, in the eyes of everyone else in the gym. 
So once I got over there and they needed a, um, a personal training presence, literally just say, I built a lot of friendships and relationships over there as well. So once I moved and I had been telling everybody, I'm going to have my own space. I'm going to have my own space. Like I was manifesting it the whole time, not really thinking that it was going to happen instantly, but just really just putting it out there. So everybody kept asking me all the time. So by the time that it actually happened and I moved, when I came down here, I had a probably, I think like 10 clients came with me. So I had a base to start from. And then, like I said, from there on, all the clients that I've received or have gotten since then have all come through other clients. Um, gotcha. a, a few um, social media inquiries, you know, may have pulled a couple of people in here and there, but for the most part, it's always someone who knows me from the powerhouse that I have some kind of interaction with and I get a phone call out of the blue. So-and-so from the gym told me about you and I just want to call. And that's literally how I have all of my clients, except maybe one or two. Okay. So I had two questions that kind of came to mind. Um, first question for the personal trainer or cause as personal trainers, you, you always start off with zero clients for the most mm -hmm. part, yeah. right? Everybody starts from zero. So for a personal trainer who might not have a base of clients or who might not know about why building and developing relationships are so important, what would you say to that person who is trying to figure out how to get clients in? Um, I would tell a person to honestly understand that it's personal training. I mean, it says it within its own title. You have to be a personable person. You have to be able to speak to anyone, any race, any gender, any genre. You got to really put aside some of your biases if you're trying to build a client base that's stable. Um, and, and, and you have to vet people. Everyone isn't for you. I, I've learned that the hard way. I have to, I have to tell some people, I, I don't want to train. I can't train you anymore. Not I don't want to, but I can't. We don't mix well and the energy isn't right. So I've had to let some clients go. Um, and they've and those same clients have come back, trying to come back. So it wasn't like a I was doing the wrong thing, but it's by you, you have to just be flexible and allow that to happen to to get people to come. And then you can figure out if you're gonna stay with people. But I was I would honestly say be personable, learn what being personable yeah. is and being what and honest. And be honest with people. I don't try to feel um, sell people dreams. I think my computer is glitching. You're good. Okay. Okay. Here froze for a second. I can hear you now. Okay. Brandon, did we lose you? Um, no, I'm still here. Brandon. I'm still here. Okay. Did I okay? All right, we got you back. Okay, so. And the next question I wanted to ask you about was your, you said you have a vetting process for your clients mm -hmm. and that you, sometimes you have to turn people away if, you know, they don't pass the vibe check. But what well, is well, that? Well, well, the, it's in place to, for that reason. But when I said I had to turn people away, that's, I had to turn away a couple of existing clients. I had oh, to tell okay. them like, hey, this isn't working, you know, so gotcha. yeah. Well, you had to break up with some of your clients. Yeah, yeah. I had to have some, have a couple <laughs> of breakups. Okay. So what is... So let's say that I am through word of mouth, like find your gym, right? And mm -hmm. I'm interested. And mm -hmm. let's say that, you know, I'm interested in becoming one of your clients. What does that process look like for me? Well, first, I like to have a, a telephone interview if possible. Um, all, all, all the time, a telephone conversation, just to see where a person is in terms of um, their state of mind or how, what are they really trying to attain? Because um, if I speak to a person and they say, I want to 
I'm going to lose weight. Everybody wants to lose weight, ideally, for the most part. But if 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 their lifestyle and the ability for them to commit to the to to what they're asking me to perform for them isn't there, then I'll say that. Are you sure this is something you could commit to? And I believe that's the that's the that has been the ticket for the longevity of the clients that I've had because I I search for that commitment from day one. So we don't have a process where a person trains for a couple of weeks, then they're off for a couple of weeks, then they come back and they cancel this day. And it, you know, I've had that before in the past. You know, where it's inconsistent, but then you turn around and look at me like I'm not losing weight. Well, you're not consistent, you know. So I try to figure out how consistent a person is in the beginning. So I will mm -hmm. ask probing questions for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I'll ask them and I'll say it. I'll mean not in in a in a in appropriate way. And I'll ask them, let them know that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for. I would like a client who's committed to the change for themselves because it's not for me, but. What I'm going to give you is a lot of energy that is that's of myself, and I want to make sure that that energy is being received and appropriately used when I when I imbue it on someone. So yeah. that's the main reason, and just trying to understand where their mindset is and where their um where their ability to commit to their own personal change and growth is. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit before we actually went on air about like your client retention. Mm -hmm. um, Talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Like what do you have systems in place or are there certain strategies and methods that you use to keep your clients for a long period of time? Well, once again, it goes back to the personalness of it. Um, so I'm not, of course, I won't say any of my clients' names or anything like that, but I, I know a lot about every single individual one of my clients. So they can come in the door and I can see them and I know something is off. What's going on? You know, what you got going on? What's what they happen somewhere? And based on that response, I under and they're gonna come forth with it as soon as I ask anyway. And then I know how to adjust the workouts as needed. You know, if you're if you're under a lot of stress from work or something like that, some of some people require a strenuous workout to break that stress up. Some people can't deal with a strenuous workout after having a strenuous day. So then it comes to understanding who I'm dealing with. And what kind of approach am I going to take to the to the session today? Am I going to tone it down a little bit? Am I going to bring it, make some jokes a little bit to break it up and bring them out of that space? And I believe that's the biggest part of the retention for my clients because, and I'm in every time when we get finished working out, they have to do a um, everything is I have everything on a laptop. So when I get finished with their specific workout plan, um, they have to give me a summary of the workout. So they have a mind body and workout you have to rate your mind state when you came in versus your mind state when you left you have to one to ten ten being the best one being the least you have to rate how exhausted or how tired you feel in the body sense and then the workout that's a basically a critique of me one to ten if i was adequate in my performance as a trainer and then you give me a summary of the workout the running thing with all of my clients is I needed this today. I'm glad we did this. They barely even talk about the workout. They talk about the approach that I really need to talk about this and get this off my chest. I'm glad we slowed down on this. I'm glad we speeded up on that. And I'm doing, and I'm learning how to do these things without them having to organically, like seeing a person, I know them enough to know what they need. And mm -hmm. I think that's what has been the retention for everyone. When they come in, they kind of, I know what they need and they know that I know. So they come in with this trust and just yeah. give it. And then I give it back. So you're keeping your clients for an average of how long? You talking about for the, a workout session or overall them being with me? 
Yeah, overall than being with you. Um, it will, I guess it's not really a question of how long I keep them. It's about how long they're willing to continue to come because of course they can leave at any moment. So, um, but all of my clients, the, 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 the newest client has been with me for three years, you know, and, and then I have people come with them and people come in for one-off sessions and stuff because they maybe want to try it out mm -hmm. who may not stay. But like I said, my core people is like 20 people that I go through regularly. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll have someone, can so-and-so come and work out with me just so they can introduce them to the gym? And I'll say, yeah. And then a lot of times that person end up staying. Now they're a client and it goes like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some struggles that you have managed to overcome? Like, is there anything that you are kind of just challenging that you're working to overcome like in the present? Uh, yeah, just being able to um, keep up the, the, I guess the, the, the other side of having such a personal relationship with so many people and, and understanding that they're trusting me with their physical health and in some cases their mental health, um, being able to create strategies to keep it interesting. That has been a, a huge hurdle. Um, a lot of hours sitting on a computer researching exercise styles, researching new movements, researching different philosophies and talking points and things like that. Um, so that has been a big challenge and just trying to keep it fresh without without it seeming like a, a redundant, you know, continuous circle of the same thing over and over and over again, keeping it interesting and keeping them involved as much as possible, giving them things to do outside of the gym where you know, they're, they're taking more ownership of their, of their personal training and not just in here and here, you know, go home and look up this and tell me what you think about this concept and things like that. Yeah. So how are you keeping track of all that? Cause that seems like. <clears throat> once, same thing. Once again, through the summaries, um, oh. every, every client has a folder every, and, and I build my workouts in, in series. So I'll build a workout series. Most of my workout series lasts for four weeks. Okay. Most of the workout series has three workouts within the workout. So it'd be like day one, day two, and day three. And we do four weeks of just that, whatever, however it's structured. It can be a, a, a CrossFit style series blended in with some, some yoga blended in with, you know, it's, it's, it varies depending on the person. And within the series, every time we start a new series, most people know the series start off at level one, meaning Week one is always the easiest week because we're introducing a new series and we're figuring out how to approach it from a physical standpoint, where we're going to breathe at, where we're going to, which part is hard. So once we um, get through this, and is, is the track is kept in the summaries. So and that's why the summaries are so beneficial and so standard because that's where I go to read to see what their thoughts are. I put my thoughts in with theirs at the end. Mm -hmm. And then by week four, something that they thought was impossible on week one, week four it is like, Today was good, but then they'll also keep other things like every, most of them, most of my clients have trackers, fitness trackers. So they track the workouts as we go. So mm -hmm. of course, if we're doing the same thing for four weeks, day three of week one versus day three of week four, most of the time, the workouts, the length of the workout was probably shorter than it was the first time we did it. Mm -hmm. Shorter with an increase of weights, with an increase of reps, with the addition of other little things because they're getting more efficient. And then at the end of the series, they give me a summary, depending on who it is, we'll talk about it, talk about the previous series and talk about what things in it worked for them, what things didn't work for them, what did they like? And then they know that we're starting all over with a new series. And then that's when the fear comes in. Everybody's like, oh, what are we doing this month? You know, because it's always something completely different than what we just did. 
always. And um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the the, the gist of that. How how I keep track of yeah. how of everybody's progress and things. Yeah. So it's almost time for us to come to a close. Um, but I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. So I can wave a magic wand. If I gave you one right now and I said, Hey Brandon, wave this wand around three times and in six months your business is gonna look like to the T exactly how you want it to look from the inside out. Kind of paint that picture for us and you know, give us some clarity around your vision. I'll probably my wife been on my head about this too. I would probably add some more aesthetically pleasing things within the gym to make it spruce it up a little bit. Um, because I, I like, I like the dungeon look, you know, I like the grunge, the, the, we come in here to work and sweat. We don't care about it looking pretty, you know, but although it doesn't look bad at all, it's actually very nice, but I understand where she's coming from. And I am getting to the point where, you know, next year I am going to do a lot more in terms of sprucing the place up a little bit more. Um, because, I have a a lot of female clients, maybe 60, 40 female male. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just make it a little more nice here. And probably, I mean, that's it. Because in terms of like the clients themselves, I'm not looking to increase. 20 is a a great number for me, Mm -hmm. you know, to to go through because most of all of my people training, they're training three times a week for the most part. So, that's more than enough for me. In addition to our other businesses, I have yeah. this allotted time for the way of life fitness, which is my primary thing. That's my passion. It's going to mm-hmm. always be there. And I want to make sure I give my passion. It's the best that I can. And yeah. I can't do that if I have way too many clients to truly handle comfortably, or if I'm um, introducing all this extra stuff that doesn't really add to their experience too much. So I just want to be able to maintain where we are, increase the aesthetics of the of the gym a little bit more, just for a comfortability level for clients, and and just stay on top of them, the clients themselves, because that's because yeah. that's who's important. I always try to show my appreciation to them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. They're the reason I'm able to live the life that I can live because they they come here and they they support me. So I make sure that I do as much as I can to make sure that they're getting a return on their investment because that's what it is ultimately at the end of the day. Right. Right. So one thing I did want to touch on before we um, uh, head out. So with, when it comes to like expansion, have you thought about maybe just bringing on another trainer just to kind of help you out so that you could potentially take on more people? Um, I thought about that. And I actually is always out there on the table, but um, I'm not actively searching for one. I have a few people who, who has contacted me and I've opened the door for it. But once again, the commitment goes the same way when it comes to other trainers. I've had a lot of trainers who come through and they talk the talk. I'm like, all right, well, come on, bring your people. You know, we can sit down, we can come up with a, a, a an agreement and call them back. Oh man, I end up going out of town and I end up doing this. And, you know, the commitment isn't there, but my doors are always open to people who's looking to get started. You know, I, I am not, I'm not selfish in that sense. Um, this space, this is a, a space that's intended for anyone to grow, to become better. And the opportunity is there because the opportunity was given to me. So I'm willing to give it to others. But everyone who has asked me, if you all are seeing this, the door is still open. You know, you have to be ready for yourself, though. You got to you got to paint your own future. Yeah. You know? So I'm always open to trainers coming. Um, like I said, had about, about four of them over the years. Okay. The door was wide open. They never they never played their pan. So, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. All right. Well, enough said. So. This is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you. 
Um, we're on Instagram, of course. Um, a wolf under a wolf underscore fit a wolf underscore fit at um, Instagram. Um, Facebook is a way of life fitness, and of course, the website www.awolf-fitness.com. All right, Brandon. Well, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Yo. So, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in, in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is Tremaine from Punches and Bunches Boxing and Fitness in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the show, Tremaine. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Joseph. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. You know, I'm extremely excited to have you here on the podcast to learn more about your fitness business. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty business side, you know, when you first established this business, Tremaine, what was the vision you had in mind for it for the long term? Man, my goal, Joseph, was to actually be able to grow my business to where we can franchise it to the masses, pretty much. I have a vision of, I say, we call ourselves PNB USA, but I see us being something worldwide eventually if we keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, so to really expand this business to something much larger than it is today. Right. And really make a stronger impact across the, the world. The world, man. Yes, sir. I love that, Tremaine. So, you know, for our listeners who don't know about you yet, what is your elevator pitch? So who is it that you serve and what services do you offer to them? Okay. So what we pretty much do is we, our audience typically is the individual or the organization who may actually be interested in learning the art of boxing or what we like to call the sweet science of boxing. So just imagine you going to a boxing gym and you're, you're around a bunch of fighters, but these are these guys and girls are not necessarily sizing you up. They're actually in the gym to actually help you become a, a, a different type of version of them. So we we wanted to have something to where like the a- average person could come in and do boxing training and actually learn the art in a form to where they can defend themselves. Yep. But also have fun at the same time to where, you know, if you come in, you're learning something, but you also know that you're leaving without the bruises and the bumps that actual fighters take place when they actually train or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So you, you really focus on teaching the art and fundamentals of it instead of right. just going in and throwing as hard as you can and knocking right. someone out. Right. 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 Okay. So what are your services, you know, group PT, mm-hmm. you know, personal training, open gym. What does that look like for you yeah. guys? So we do our, our bread and butter is our PT, but we also do small group training as well as large group training, typically for organizations or whatnot. So we got a lot of partnerships that we have going on, but our facility or our services are open to anyone who's actually willing to learn. So we have like a technical boxing class 
we do have like what we call a fitness boxing class to where what we like to call aerobics training with boxing gloves on. So it's for somebody who may not want to be as technical, but mm -hmm. we still teach them the proper way to throw the punches and stand or whatnot in an effective way to where it won't be so much on the brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you also do some open gym there or is it mainly the, you know, small studio boutique style or what yeah, is so, it? So we got, we got open gym. Our open gym is pretty much set up to where if our members decide to come in, mm -hmm. we have a board and a, a system set up to where they can actually log into it and see what type of workout they actually want to do on their own. So they won't just be in here like randomly doing a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. They have things that they have platforms that they can actually follow as well as tweak it a little bit to do it, to make it make sense for themselves. Obviously. Yeah. And personalize it a little bit. Yeah. So they aren't going in like doing someone else's workout. Right, right, right. Okay. So group overall, you know, small, large group, personal right. training, open gym. So all those services, I'm curious here, how many people are you currently serving at your facility right now? Right now at our facility, we have like 100 members. Okay. Um, out of those 100 members, I would say 70% of those are like one-on-one -on -one clients yep. and the rest are part of our small group training services. Okay. Dang. Nice penetration with the personal training there, man. Good job. Yeah. Um, so is 100 members total somewhere you want to stop at or eventually bring some more people in and, you know, really grow this thing before you get into, you know, franchising and corporate? My goal is to get us to where we're actually at about 250 to 300 people. Okay. Um, once, once we hit that benchmark, I, I believe that we can actually start expanding a little bit more mm -hmm. um, with our price points. We, we do really, really well, but. I do see as where we can grow. I can bring in other members, other team players on our team to be able to service those particular individuals. Okay. So you really do want to grow this thing. I love that. It's very ambitious. I love that, Tremaine. So I'm curious, what have you done in the past that has worked in terms of bringing people in to your facility in terms of marketing? Yeah, I would say like our biggest thing that we have right now that works for us is um, word of mouth. We don't really do a lot of social media advertising. We do put stuff out there, but like our biggest uh, driver right now is our members. Like they, we, to be honest with you, we work with a lot of high end clients. Mm -hmm. So they, they tap us. That's always good. Increase the prices. Yeah, man. Tap us into their circles and they just get their word flowing, man. And we, we just, we stand on it and put our foot on the gas and they are pretty much by them actually being our, our voice already. Mm -hmm. We don't really have to hard sell. It's pretty much like a soft sell once we actually get them in the door. Yeah. So really leveraging the word of mouth there and yeah. get, being able to get into those, you know, higher net worth circles to increase the business there. Okay. So you mentioned that you have not gotten into the hardcore, you know, paid advertising with the social medias. I'm curious, why is that? I mean, right now, I feel like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I do believe that if we want to get to that next level, that 250 to 300 people, we're actually going to have to dive into that. Mm -hmm. So recently, we just connected with the marketing and advertisement agency to actually help us steer in that direction because that's that's a whole new area for us that we've never really tapped into because we never really had to. Yeah. But I, I am ambitious and I do believe that social media is actually a good tool to have. So I'm, I'm going it to It is the best it. tool to utilize yeah. nowadays. I'm I mean, tap into it. I mean, especially, you know, since you know, your past in the boxing industry, people are able to find you through the internet. So, I mean, that just exactly it makes confirms sense. that social media is one of the best ways to get people in. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So 
you know, I kind of want to go back into the word of mouth real quick. How many people does that normally, you know, bring in on a monthly basis for you at your facility? Yeah. So typically per one person that we have that refers someone, we get at least three people off of that one person. Okay. So like last month we pulled in, I think 20, 22 people mm-hmm. just off of like four people that we had that were pretty much doing word of mouth for us. And we don't ask them to do it. It's not something that we we're uh, intentional about, but we need to be more intentional about the referrals. And we take care of them when they send people our way also. Yeah. And, you know, with the word of mouth, do you think it's predictable to, you know, track and guesstimate how many people will come in or not so much? Not so much. You know, it's one of those things where it's pretty much hard to really, um, it's difficult, hard numbers for it. So, you know, because it just happens when it happens, but it's, it is. We, we figured out a way to actually make it to where we can track it okay. um, by being more intentional about offering ref- referrals to our members or whatnot. OK, so what is that you know, process look like to, to yeah. track the word of mouth for you guys? So right now, what we do is like when we got a, a, one of our clients or members that come in and we, we pretty much tell them like, hey, do you have any other friends or individuals that are similar to you that may be interested in what we offer? And we have like a little sign up form, like these little cute, call them gear certificates that we give out to our members when they first sign up with us. And that mm-hmm. coupon is, it pretty much covers like the cost of one personal training session with us. And once they do that in return, mm-hmm. we got partnerships with massage therapists, uh, mental health therapists and things of that nature that where once they give that certificate off and the member signs up, they have access to take advantage of one of those offerings that we provided for them. Okay. Okay, cool. That sounds like it's working pretty well for you guys right now. I like that. So you also mentioned a marketing company. So have you guys started working with them or have you not yet? We, we actually decided that we were going to start pushing for that sometime in December because we want to get something going for January, like kind of like a campaign. Yeah, like a New Year's campaign to bring more people in. Exactly. Yeah. So we, have, we, we did the soft talk and we, we haven't really came up with a game plan yet. Um, but we, we are in the process and we actually have a meeting with them next week to really okay. get the ball rolling or whatnot. Yeah. It's good that you're, you're open-minded and that you're willing to learn and, and grow. Cause that's one of the most important things in this industry is because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of gym owners, they want to be by themselves and just yeah be in the trenches and, and grind 24 seven. It's like reality. Can't do that, man. Can't do that, man. Burn no. yourself out. Burn yourself exactly. out. And then you'll start hating what you do and, with this business, you want, like, you need to love what you do because you're working with people exactly. and changing their lives and your energy is going to go to them. So if it's, it's down <laughs> in the dumps and you're stressed out because of work, they can feel it. Exactly. And they're not going to want to come back. Exactly. So we covered the marketing there. Uh, okay. So what is the sales process look like, Tremaine? You know, let's just say someone either comes through a referral mm-hmm. or through some social media as organic. Yeah. What does the process look like from new potential cold lead to new paying member? Okay. So pretty much once we get like a cold lead or someone who made who just say word of mouth came to us, well, our, our number one goal is to get them in the door. Yep. But once we actually get them in the door. How do you do that? So we typically, if they call us or whatnot, I'll offer them something that won't really cost them anything. Like we don't really do like a free class or anything like that. We just take a deposit, a refundable deposit that okay. just to make sure that they're committed to actually coming in. Once we put that down, 
to be honest with you, JC, we haven't refunded any of those deposits in the past year out of all the people that came in. That's always good news. And, we'll, and the way we do it is we tell them like, hey, better go towards your package or a membership or whatever you decide to sign up with this for whatever you pay for the um, deposit. So we typically do that once we get them in the door. Um, it's just an easy sell, but to get them in the door, we it depends on who it is. Like if they call in, I got a I got a closer on my team. She's a uh, she's a beast. Like we we yeah. just give her the phone. So like an, like an individual salesperson who handles yeah. that whole process. Yeah, she she takes care of that for us. Um, when they come in, myself and one of my other trainers, we pretty much take care of that part of. But on the phone or even like through social media, she handles all of that for us. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that you have another trainer mm -hmm. and a closer there. That's good. Right. So that you don't always have to be, you know, handling that side of the business. So right. three people. Yeah. Just three. Of okay. Them. Awesome. So I'm curious, you know, as you being the gym owner there, what is it that you do day to day during? So, <laughs> so on the day to day, man, I train people. I, um, I do, I go to networking events. I, uh, I kind of get the week like so we have different different things that we work on weekly so a lot of our members we have like a lesson plan so our, our gym is pretty much set up like a, a karate dojo so we got a ranking system and everything so i got okay. curriculum that i put together for the whole week for my training yeah so that way they'll know what they're doing and like they can move up in the ranks and so it won't feel like they're just working out just to be working out we have different accolades that they hit so i i put together all of those things and do a little bit of marketing. Uh, I'm the janitor. I do. I do pretty much everything as far as the business goes, man. You know. Okay. Okay. So I know that you mentioned a little bit, like right before I asked that question. You have packages and memberships. So what does that look like for your business? Because it is a boxing club, and you do have some open gym and you know the private training there. So right. what do you guys do in that realm of things? So with as far as the packages go, we typically do those four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty. But those are recurring packages. So every month we do charge for those. Yep. Um, as far as our memberships, those are more so for the small group classes. Mm -hmm. But with our memberships, we throw in like the open gym. And then we also have a different section to where you can just do open gym to where you come in and no trainer involved at all. You just do your own. Able to just do your own thing there and yeah. just have fun. Yeah? yeah, pretty much. As long as you don't break nothing. You know. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to... Be a liability to the business. That's the worst part because equipment is very expensive. But um, so I have a question here for you, Tremaine. I always like to ask this question because it gets the guest here to think. Okay. So in your business right now, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck that is holding you back from moving forward and leveling up in your business? Ooh, ooh. I would say, <laughs> I would say having. I want it to sound, I would say having the right team members on my team. Like I, I see the vision and maybe it could be me actually delivering the vision to my team members to help them understand the direction that I want to go with it. Sometimes I, I believe that I see the vision. I believe that they feel and see what I'm, where I'm going, but sometimes the, the work of it does, it, it doesn't add up pretty much. So I believe that if I can get everybody on one accord, so where we're all focused on this one mission of actually growing us to the particular member number that I want to get to, I believe that that we can actually do that. But I believe that I gotta 
I just got to get my team together. I got to get us yeah. strong. Build that culture a little stronger so you can all there you go. Come, come together and and move forward with the same vision for the company. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that. But they do a great job, though. <laughs> well, I mean, they better be, or they're not going to yeah. be there, right? They're going to be fired, right? Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> so another question I always like to ask because it really lets our listeners take some, you know, personal lessons, not only for the gym business, but for personal is, you know, when you first got into this gym business, Tremaine, what is that one piece of advice that you wish that you had? Oh man. Going into this business. I would say, uh, Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say just make sure that if, if I if I had to start over and I needed some, just that one piece of advice, I would say make sure that I had the proper capital to be able to step into the business and not have to be an owner operator, but more so an owner, but still being able to do the operational side if I wanted to. Like I pretty much started the business with no business loans or anything. So I had to step in and make sure that I had capital from your own pocket. Yeah. I had to bootstrap this thing. Yes. I would say just making sure you had all of that, your your capital and everything situated to where you can bring in the proper uh, team members and pay them the right way to be able to help you to grow the business a lot quicker. So if you were able to go back when you first opened this thing, what would you do? differently like what would you do let's just say tomorrow is a going back a few years ago yeah day one what would you do uh after sharing that i would say oof. <laughs> so if i had all my capital and everything together i would probably i probably up until that point i probably would have vetted a few trainers or whatnot before i even started to make sure that they were the proper fit for the particular vision that I had for the business. So I would, I would want to make sure that I start off with a solid team okay. on day one. Yeah. So solid team. And obviously that would bring in members, right? Right. For sure. Yeah, okay. For sure. Well, awesome. Tremaine, thank you for, you know, sharing all that, you know, we are running short on time here, so we do have to wrap it up, but yeah, before yeah. we sign off, where can I, well, where can our listeners find you on your social medias and or your website? Yeah, on our um, social media handles, you can go to PNB Boxing Studios and you'll find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, you can go to our website at www.pnbboxing.com. And you can also find us in Nashville, Tennessee. If you're ever in the area, feel free to stop by or whatnot. Awesome, Tremaine. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you, you know, personally here for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your insights and learnings and story about being a gym owner. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us today, our guest is Mr. Janae Dar of Bring Grit Coaching, coming to you from Birmingham over in the UK. Janae, what's going on, my man? How are you? How's it going, Joe? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. I'm really, really um, pleased to be on here. I'm happy to share. I'm excited to have you. I, yeah. Janae and I got the chance to, to talk and explore this business a little bit before starting this recording, but for the people who aren't familiar with Bring Grit or, or with your work, Junaid, why don't you give us a little bit of context before we get into the business side of things? Well, sure. Bring Grit, when you describe what this business is and what you do, what do you tell people? Yeah, so, I mean, we're a, we're a brick and mortar facility in, in the UK. So we've got a gym. And I mean, to, to sort of summarize it, we help people you know, change their lives through health, through fitness, education. Um, you know, we, we run personal training, group training uh, to facilitate that change in uh, helping become a better version of themselves. And we're just trying to help our local community, um, you know, to make those changes because the sort of background that I come from in my culture, um, health and fitness wasn't very much a priority. And... Uh, Growing up, growing up was something that I saw, um, you know, a side that wasn't very great, was sort of counterproductive to, to your health. I mean, we can go into that a bit deeper, but yeah. just to summarize, I, um, you know, I grew up witnessing and seeing my own grandma, uh, you know, fall ill, you know, with mm -hmm. obesity related diseases and stuff. So mm -hmm. having that and then just growing up around sports is something that I was very passionate about and, um, one thing led to another, studied uh, sports at, at university and got the coaching badges and and now I'm here <laughs> trying yeah. to make an trying to make an impact on the community on the local community. Yeah, so this has just as much of a personal flair as it does anything else. I, I find that a lot of the gym owners that I talk to have some sort of driving force like that. I had a personal experience, either I was sick and got well, I know someone that was sick and got well. There's all kinds of different variations of that story, but I think our industry is unique in that we need something like that to keep us going. Fitness is a tough, tough industry to make a professional living in. And if we don't have that driving force, it can be easy to, to fold when the times get tough, but you have it. We're still here. We're still doing something right. But tell us a little bit about how and when we officially got the doors open to bring grit, Janaid. What did, what did, how did this all come to be? Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> if I go back to university when I was um, studying um, 
the the the, the course around uh, strength and conditioning and, and sports science. Um, when I left university, I, I, I was you know sort of looking to work in the field around uh, sports clubs and professionals. <clears throat> but what I soon gathered was that it was quite difficult to try and get your foot in the door if you didn't have that many contacts and, mm. and experience. So I sort of fell into personal training once I left university and I worked with um, a studio, which is sort of like what I learned from. These guys had a, had a gym, personal training gym. And it's the first time I've seen something like it because I've grown up around attending like commercial gyms, local le like leisure centers around our area. And um, this was quite unique. So <clears throat> I worked alongside those guys. They, you know, helped me with the practical side of things, uh, which is a very good, you know, sort of built the foundations for, for, for myself to, to take it a bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then just over time, um, actually ended up getting fired from that place. Uh, with a couple of other guys because things were changing. And I think once I left that place, that sort of forced me to um, fend on my own then. Because throughout the period of leaving university and working for these guys, I'd, I'd already acquired a small, <coughs> small quiet, um, client base. And so, so once I left that gym, I was like, okay, now what do I do? So I don't... I, it never came to mind that I was going to stop this because I'd, I'd already made some real good progress and, you know, was on the right path to learning more, gaining more experience. So by this time, my mindset was already made up. I've, I've just been fired. I've got a small number of, <laughs> I have to make it work. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just started personal training out of my own house in a room. Um, one thing led to another, found this, found a small studio where I could uh, personal train out from. And then um, this gym where I was training in for one year, <clears throat> I said to myself that I need to find my own place. And uh, one of my clients recommended that he knew somebody who had this unit, this gym where my current gym is at the moment. And uh, he said, go down, go down, have a look. The tenancy, uh, the lease is coming, is, is becoming available. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's ending. And so I just went down, had a look and um, yeah, just, just, just took that leap. Even though the rest at the time, is history. honestly, yeah, I, I, like even though at, at that time it wasn't a definitive yes, I was very uncertain uh, for some time because I didn't have the actual right amount of clients yep. to run the place. But I just took a risk and I took a gamble on myself, and it paid off. And Junaid, I don't, I'm not as familiar with the university program for strength and conditioning in the UK, mm -hmm. but I know here it's great to prepare you for training clients, but it's not tremendous to prepare you for running a business. And so you found yourself here suddenly a business owner. Yeah. Five years in, tell me about that experience. How has, how have you been able to adapt and, and learn some of those skills? Oh, uh, well, the first, the first thing I can say is I've made plenty of mistakes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I, th I think working for the guys that I did work for, for a couple of years, um, that small gym actually sh had shown me the side of like sort of do's and don'ts of what can make the business work. That's just as important here as what we don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. So I learned a lot from those guys and I had a had a, an idea of like the model of where I was going. Obviously I didn't know the intricate details of it, but did a lot of research online. 
Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Fit Buddy Bootcamp and Bedroom. Yep. Um, I watched, I, I literally watched all his videos, took mm. the time, time out of it to try and figure out how to make this model work. And yeah, I mean, when, when we got into the gym, we opened up the doors. <clears throat> the stuff that we, were, that we were doing back then when, when we first opened to now has drastically changed. Um, you know, like I mentioned to you before we hit record on this video, my, my gym facility itself is around 850 um, square meters. And it's, it's not a large place at all. It's very, very small. So if you can imagine, I, had a, I, I was running group sessions in, in the beginning up to like 20 people. And it was, it was insane. It was just, um, it just, I don't know how I made it work, but I did. <laughs> we did something, yeah. But over time, um, you know, what I, what I did was realize um, what was working. I was able to identify what was working, what didn't, you know, take on the customer's feedback, which, which was the most important thing uh, for me to like make those changes. Because mm -hmm. um, if I, you know, I stayed settled with what I had, because uh, we had a lot of people come and, and leave and come, you know, renew. And it was never, it was very difficult to try and get people to stay uh, long term. So something wasn't working. I was, I was great at getting people in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I managed to find a way to get people in. Um, but hanging on to them um, and for them that's, to stay. That's the true battle in our industry, for sure. <clears throat> so let's explore that, Junaid, because I think so many people listen to this podcast because of what you just said in the first place, we're, they're looking for ways to get people in, but mm -hmm. just as important as getting them in is, is keeping them in. So take it one step at a time. What worked for you at least so far to get people in? What were you doing from a marketing standpoint? Um, to get people in. Um, so it was just it, in the very beginning, it was just raw. I think YouTube was coming up. Um, Instagram wasn't very popular. Facebook, was on the rise to be fair so in, in the beginning it was just raw organic uh, content just from filming myself doing uh you know workout videos stretches those sort of things i'll just stick them up on youtube just started um it's when the vlogging started to become a bit more popular in the youtube world so i was doing a lot of that <clears throat> but it was very slow so um you know, I was, I was very new at the time in, in, in terms of going at it myself. So I didn't really have a big audience to really like, you know, to, to sort of show to. So I had to gradually build it. And then um, when I actually moved into the new facility, I realized, you know, I needed to speed this up so, somehow. So um, managed to get onto uh, someone's course that I that I found online. He mm -hmm. basically taught me how to run Facebook ads. Um, okay. Paid. So you learned it yourself, is that right? Again, sorry. So you learned this yourself. So um, he, the the guy who uh, was offered this coaching program, he taught us how to um, to run I the see. ads. Okay. He, how did it work that? for you? Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it was massive. It was it was very good in the beginning. Like you know, for the the next year and a half is how I filled up my gym. I'd be literally running, um, helped me structure out you know the the systems that I needed to put in place to run a program to get people in to come and trial us. So worked on a couple of things on the marketing side uh, that basically boosted everybody, you know, people coming in, leads coming in. Mm -hmm. And then then came the problem of trying to keep them, you know, once I'd, once I'd got them in the door. Yeah. So, Is it, so <clears throat> to, to at least dig in on, on the success of this, 
we found that we were getting a lot of leads and, and signing them up, but we weren't able to capture them longer term. Yeah. At least for context for people listening, is is Facebook ads something that you still do or did we change strategy at any point? Um, so for, you know, I, I did, um, I still ran with the Facebook ads for quite some time. Um, but but the, the key mistake is that I did make with it was, which, which would be very insightful for, you know, anyone that's up and coming. Um, I, had, I had a lot of leads, had a lot of people coming in. And the reason why the mistake I did make was not focusing on the people that, that were coming in as much. So I had all these customers coming in. Just focused on the acquisition. <clears throat> yeah, just acquisition. We got people, plenty of people coming in, uh, but I didn't turn them off and then, right, and then, sit, and then stop and say, I'm going to sit with myself now and, and just focus on these guys that have come in through the door, give the best possible service um, to these guys, focus on, you know, getting them through the trial and then keeping them, keeping them on the back end um, and working, just working with those guys. I just kept it running. So that was, a, that was the biggest mistake I probably made and I had to learn from that really. So, um, but yeah, like, like I mentioned, it was just, um, it was just, it was just like, a, I got myself into like a cycle of just getting people and then uh, they stay for, uh, I'd say six weeks. Um, some would, you know, like, don't, don't get me wrong. We did have people stay for a couple of months, three to six months, but after that, it would soon fizzled out, I think. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah. That and so, like you said, <laughs> we made plenty of mistakes along the way and, and lessons to be learned. How does that acquisition process look now? Do we still do... Yeah. Facebook yeah. challenge to front or Facebook ads into a front end sort of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for some time I did, um, I did not do them for some time because, um, what I did, what I did do in the beginning stopped working for some time. So the, the, the funnel that I'd set up just wasn't working. So I, I, you know, I wasn't the guy who was teaching. Facebook it. does that. <laughs> they, yes. just, they just change the rules. Yeah. Like you aware of is that things change all the time and uh, you need to be on top of the, on top of that so i didn't do them for a long time and i just again focused on um uh organic but by this time this was probably like last year this time i'd already had an audience built up had an email system which is so important you know if you get if you're building out your business so i had a had a contact list of people over the last few years I was able to send out emails, get in touch with people. So I sort of switched to more organic stuff. And then currently now, um, managed to get the Facebook ads running again. So gone back to doing some Facebook ads. They come through on a challenge at the moment with us. Just a short, like a set for like a week, seven days. And then generally from there, we convert them to a longer term backend plan. Understood. Okay. So that, that helps for context yeah. here. We, and, and any kind of conversation we have around marketing, Janine, I think needs to result in, we have a number of strategies, right? Facebook ads are one way to go about this, but you mentioned the email list, you mentioned mm -hmm. the more organic, what I would assume word of mouth referrals are probably a role in there as well. When we get these leads, regardless of where they come from, when we have a lead, what do what does Bring Grit do as a business to get them through a sales process to eventually sign up. What does that actually look like? Yeah, sure. So um, you know, we we have a funnel set up where the where we capture the emails, contact details, comes right through the uh, um, to our emails, 
And then from there, it's game on, literally straight on the phone, uh, pick up the phone and call, um, try to get through to them. Um, sometimes it's, what's quite annoying is that we'll have, a, we'll have an application come through, we'll call them and they won't, they won't pick up, <laughs> which is like, yeah. we, know, we know you've just filled out the form on your phone, why are you picking up? But that's, uh, that's, that tends to happen sometimes. Yeah. So the but first yeah. step immediately is get them on yeah. the phone on the is phone. that to have a conversation on the phone or is that to schedule them to come into the facility? Um, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So generally on, on the phone, um, we'd screen, I'd, I'd, I'd basically just introduce myself, get to know them, sort of like um, I'm vetting out um, the leads that are coming through on the phone because the last thing we want to do is, you know, waste each of this time if we feel that they may not be compatible for our services um, you know, based on the programs that that we do offer, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. We we are the more sort of like higher end sort of program. You know, our, our programs run from a you know compared to like your commercial gyms, it's quite on the upper end of the scale. Okay. Um, so I'm picking up the phone, calling them, and then just asking a couple of questions as to you know why they got in touch, what sort of problem problems they're facing. So it's like a mini sort of uh sales call um yeah. and if, if we're good if we're good to go um then i'd invite them down to come down to the gym um and then from then on we take up um, a further discussion inside the gym in the office and get them started. yeah yeah so somewhat of a filtering process on the phone then yeah. we get them into the facility have a more in-depth sales conversation and then beyond that they're signing up for this front end challenge, is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. How successful has that been for you recently? At least, do we track conversions on that or? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit, it's a bit. I'm not going to lie. It is a bit up in the air at the moment. I'm fully familiar with having like tracking. Um, you know, this is something I took from one of the coaching programs that I was once with. Just a simple Excel sheet. We tend to track the leads coming in against like the appointments that we set, those that do show up and then those that do close as well. So I understand that there is a process that needs to be made in order to track and see what you are doing is working. But I'd say um, from those that apply, we probably get around 60 to 70 percent of people coming in doing a trial. Um, and then from then on, once they finish again the trial, it's just above 50 percent. Um, of those that do stay on so there is work there's always going to be work to do um, so yeah it's like I said it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing journey ongoing yeah. uh, rent, I think just, every gym owner in the world knows that that there are things that can constantly be improved on and, and constantly tinked and or twink, tinkered with and tweaked excuse me and yeah. one of the things that you led off with was that early on retention was a challenge mm. for you now what do you focus on to capture some of these members for the long haul what's what's been successful to keep people around longer than six months or six weeks yeah for sure um so it, it is it does come down to you know, first phone call interaction it's making sure these things that you've put in place these procedures uh, point of contacts and engagement when they come in the gym 
you know, you've got to have these structures in place, these systems in place where there's a, there's a it's like a flow, um, you know, it flows so well for the customer to, to, you know, to feel comfortable because it's quite intimidating for people. We get a lot of people that do start from scratch. They haven't been to the gym or maybe in like 15, 20 years. So they're a bit nervous, they're a bit anxious, and it's just about making them feel real, really, really comfortable, and just providing that experience that we um, that we like to, you know, really give from our from our side. Our type of gym is more, it's um, it's like a relaxed sort of environment, but when it comes to the training, you know, we really do push you to that limit, and um, everyone, everybody that comes through here, we we do want them to feel. It's about making people happy at the end of the day, isn't it? Changing their state, changing their, their mind. So improving how they feel from when they first came into when they leave. Yeah. You know, you want to really, it's just making that impact on them. So, yeah. Like, yeah, so like, so from the minute they come in, the experience through the door, the the, the classes that we, we provide, the additional, one thing like, like probably to answer you, but... One thing I'd say is just just the interaction and the accountability side of things, because um, it's a massive part to it. Because what I always say to to my clients, just seeing them a couple of times a couple of times a week for three hours, you know, it's it's great for them to get their mind space free and everything. But it's what they're doing on the outside is where we sort of go beyond the walls of the gym where we want to support our members. So we Absolutely. have. We have systems in place where we keep check of our of our clients. So um, yeah, okay. those so constant interaction and, and understanding, as I hear it at least from what you say, understanding that their time in the gym is important, but their time outside of the gym is just as important as well. Yeah, Janae, our our whole conversation has been mostly strategic and just how do we get people in? How do we convert them? How do we keep them yeah. long term? What is all of this for? As you look to the future and, and forecast where you want this whole business to go, what's your your ultimate goal for Bring Grit? Where do you see this going in a handful of years from now? Yeah, I mean that's it's a good question. It's a difficult question because yep. um, given what's happened over the last couple of years, so you know up until COVID happened, um, we were really thriving. We were up to like 50 plus members. <clears throat> then came COVID. Things took a turn. We tried the online thing. It was going well in the beginning. And then so, and then as things started to reopen, um, online didn't go as, plan, as planned as we'd like to. Um, so then we sort of started the gym from scratch again. So now it's just a case of we've had to rebuild from last year, our members up again. Uh, my main focus, my real key focus is just to try and get this gym up and running to full capacity and potentially get that running itself and maybe open up another one in in the um, in the West Midlands where we're based in a different area. Yeah. That was so, going to be my question is, okay, hypothetically, we do yeah. rebuild, we get classes full, then yeah. what? And that, yeah. that, that second location conversation is a fun yeah. one to have. Definitely. Because there's so many more moving parts with two gyms than there are with one. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, say that, that now. I'll say yeah. that now, but, but but when it comes to it, I might have a different idea. But the long term, <laughs> long term vision for me, honestly, is to is to get up and move abroad. To be honest, into a different country. So I want to be somewhere where where it's a lot warmer, 
than the UK itself. <laughs> we have terrible weather here, but um, yeah. So, well, however, all of this can be done. Entrepreneurship is the vehicle for that, and we just have to figure out how to build the business and yeah. not necessarily need you in person. That is a conversation that could take us hours and hours and hours, Junaid. So we'll have to save that one for another day. But in the short bit of time that we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about Bring Grit? Do we have a website? Do we have social media? Where yeah. can people go? Yeah, for sure. They can go onto our website, bringgrit-coaching.com. Uh, find us on uh, social media, Instagram. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel, uh, Bring Grit Coaching. If you just search it in Google, we'll... we'll appear on there as well so yeah you can find us all over on social media connect with the bring grit team on all of those platforms Janae, this has been a bunch of fun i i always enjoy exploring businesses like this and seeing what's worked and what hasn't worked for business owners i can't thank you enough for your willingness to share i'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys still have some fire underneath you to to build this thing up so i wish you nothing but the best and i thank you for your time today Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.